We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian. You know how I got good? Good morning. Welcome to MediaRadio.fm. This is George, G-Money, G-Money and Bustein. We're getting ready to start. And uh, we're going to play a little music first. Funky fresh on the motherfucking microphone, bitch. And it don't stop to the beat, baby. Oakland, California is in the house, bitch. I tell you, nobody does it better than too short. I got so many rocks, I know you can't have more. Cause I grew up on the mic. I spent my whole life writing raps. Late at night, and I never would make no fake LPs. Sucker MCs don't make no G's. They make weak raps and need to quit. 22 songs and only three on hit. Frontin' on me like you want some. Better sell a million records, go platinum. Cause I wouldn't waste my time on a one rap rapper. You wanna get with me, you gotta climb that ladder. But you ain't nothing but a joke. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Are you upset with today's headlines? Worried about the high cost of living? Want to get away from it all? CBS offers you Escape. the friend of a man living in death, confidant of a ghoul, witness to a nameless terror. You are a guest in the House of Usher. The Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Escape, produced and directed by William N. Robeson, and carefully plotted to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight, we escape to a gloom-shrouded moor and a house where dread holds sway. As Edgar Allan Poe recounts it in his famous story, The Fall of the House of Usher. It is with some regret but I believe advisable that I identify myself only as a friend of Roderick Usher, certainly the last and perhaps the only friend of that unhappy man. Having only one sister, he was the last male descendant of the ancient house of Usher. Roderick had been one of my boon companions in boyhood, but many years had elapsed now since our last meeting. And so as I held his letter in my hand, Not yet opening it, I reflected with no little sadness upon the devious fates that chart our courses and drive old friends away from one another. But then a sudden feverish and nostalgic curiosity laid hold of me, and with fingers made clumsy by their eagerness, I tore open the letter and read, My dear friend, my need of you has so far outgrown my pride I'm going to request a favor which I realize full well may involve considerable inconvenience to yourself. For some time past, I have been suffering from an acute bodily illness. 
illness intensified by serious mental oppression, if I may so call it. A horror which looms over me, a horror grown so great I dare no longer face it alone. And so, in all humility, and for the sake of years gone by, I beseech you to come to me at once, here to the family estate in the north. Should events conspire to prevent your coming, then only God may know the consequences. Your friend in desperation, Roderick Usher. And so it happened that at the end of a dull, dark, and soundless day in the middle of October, I found myself as the shades of evening drew on within view of the grim and melancholy House of Usher. I confess that the first sight of the house, the fungus-covered walls of stone thrusting their crumbling ramparts against the darkening sky, rising out of the sullen, sluggish waters of the black tarn at their base, the bleak and vacant windows staring blindly, the bone-white trunks of decaying trees, these things filled me with a nameless and desolate terror so that I reined in my horse and sat trembling, half fearing to cross the wooden bridge that led over the waters of the moat and up to the entrance of the House of Usher. Then impatiently I shook off this strange feeling of dread and was an instant later clattering over the wooden bridge and onto the courtyard. I dismounted quickly, tossed my reins to the silent lackey who approached, strode across the gravel, and up to the massive wooden portal, the door of the House of Usher. Good afternoon. My name is... I know. You're the friend of Master Roderick. Please come inside, sir. Thank you. But may I inquire how it happens you know me? You have been expected for some time, sir. Yes, true. But also I'm a stranger to you and could be some other visitor. That you could be anyone other than the friend whom Master Roderick expects, sir, would be impossible. You see, no one else would ever come to this house. Then I followed his stealthy footsteps through many dark and intricate passages. My earlier foreboding heightened and was made fearful by the somber aspect of the hallways by which we passed. The many unused rooms reaching out with their vast emptiness like some hideous jungle creeper. But at length, we stood before the door of the master's studio and there the servant left me, departed and left me to go in alone. The man across the room, half reclining on the couch, his back turned toward me, did not hear the opening of the door. For the space of several heartbeats, I saw only the deathly pale and ghastly sunken features of a stranger. Then only with difficulty could I recognize, behind that mask, my boyhood friend. For surely, under light of heaven, no man had ever before so terribly altered in so brief a time 
has said Roderick Usher. Oh. Oh, my friend, my friend, you've come at last. Thank God you did come. Oh, Roderick, did you not know I would? Could you not be sure that no long years would ever dim the friendship we shared in youth? Hmm. So many things have dimmed. Ah, youth. It seems so long ago. But now you're here, and we'll find it, relive it all over again, every glorious moment of it. And all these shadows, all these gibbering phantoms that haunt me, they'll be driven out. And then the sun will shine again, and we'll be young again and relive... Roderick! Oh, oh, but forgive me, my friend. My excessive joy at the sight of you after so many years drives me into a frenzy of talk. How many years has it... Oh, no matter... It is enough that you are here, here, and brought with you all the lost, all the happy days of my boyhood. But uh, I'd expected from your letter to find you in serious straits indeed. Instead, you seem in the best of spirits. You have the right to know. But in all frankness, here in your presence, I find it difficult to credit important to those things which only yesterday filled me with terror. Uh, true, I've been ill. A nervous affliction, something in the nature of a family weakness, probably. It has affected me with a morbid acuteness of the senses, such that quite often the least sounds and odors and colors become irritating beyond endurance. Then I've eaten but little, as you can see. But surely you've retained the services of a physician. A physician? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. He calls almost daily, though it is more often Madeline that he attends. You remember my twin sister, Madeline? For her, I fear, more greatly than for myself. Even today, she's taken to her bed, and I have no doubt will never rise from it again. Oh, a tragedy. The sympathies of my heart go out to you. Oh, but, but leave it for the present. Leave it to dream of all those happy days we left so far behind. Everything will be different now that you're here. Do you remember when we were twelve? But the happy forgetfulness which Roderick found in my coming was short-lived. And in a few days, he had sunk into a morose torpor from which only occasionally with frantic difficulty could he reach the joy of our first few hours of meeting. More often, his mental apathy was broken by bursts of vicious temper and violent ill humor. Fits I could only excuse on the basis of his illness. And that illness began in my mind to assume a most mysterious character. Being unable to divine its true nature from Roderick's hesitant offerings, I took the liberty of questioning the physician a few days later when I chanced to encounter him in a hallway. Yes, yes, she's resting as well as might be expected. But she continues to decline. Is that not correct, Doctor? That would seem to be the case. And uh, the malady, the illness which has stricken her, is it the same as that which affects her brother, Roderick? I may venture that it is. Might I inquire the nature of this illness? As to that, I am unable to say. You imply, then, that I have no right to the information? Not at all. I am confessing to you quite simply, sir, 
I do not know what afflicts Madeline and Roderick Usher. And so a week passed. A week in which the sullen, leaden skies darkened into deeper oppressiveness, in which Roderick's deathly pallor and creeping mental dissolution grew more apparent. A week in which the monstrous atmosphere of this ancient mausoleum began to crawl insidiously within my own consciousness, stirring into life a formless, unknown dread. Then one evening, we were sitting in the vaulted studio, while the first shadows of night began to flow together into pools of darkness. Roderick had been unusually troubled during the day and had been trying to find some solace by playing on the violin. Of a sudden, there came a knock upon the door. Stop it! Stop that infernal pounding, do you hear? Do you wish to drive me completely mad? Open the door and come in, come in! It's the doctor. Well, what is it? What do you want? Master Usher, I regret that I must say this, but it is my sad duty to inform you that your sister Madeline is no longer living. Madeline, my sister, then she's dead? She breathes no more. Dead? <laughs> and perhaps, my dear doctor, you can tell me what caused her death. Unfortunately, I can only take refuge in the term heart failure. Heart failure? <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, very well, doctor. If you will be kind enough to wait, I'll come down directly and discuss the arrangement. At your service. I bid you good afternoon, gentlemen. Roderick. I assure you of my deepest sympathy. You do. Your deepest sympathy. The doctor regrets his sad duty. Are you fools, both of you fools? I, I don't understand. Haven't you seen it yet? Can you not feel it about you? The horrid, monstrous, brooding spirit of this accursed house. Can't you hear its evil laughter as it lurks in the hallways and grows fat upon the soul? My dead sister. Roderick. Can't you see that it matters nothing to me that she's dead? But I myself walk but a few steps behind her into the same shadows of hell. Can't you sense those hideous tentacles even now reaching out for me? For me? Who now, the last living, if it be living, the last living descendant of the accursed house of Usher. Such was the passing of Madeline Usher, once living, now dead and her very death untimely in its aspects bore to my trembling soul a portent of events yet more hideous, more horrible, and yet to come. At a later hour, 
hour of that same sad night, Roderick came into my chamber to voice an intention so morbidly unnatural that for the moment I could only feel that his tottering reason had at last failed him entirely. Then you refuse? But, but Roderick, this is madness. I tell you, before this night is over, the coffin body of my sister shall rest in the vault beneath this house, and if you will not help me, I shall do it myself. But why? Why? I could not stand to think of her buried out there in the dark graveyard, alone among the dead. Roderick. She, too, is dead. It's fantastic how little we know of death or of life. The doctor says she no longer breathes. She is dead. She was so lovely, was my sister. Roderick. I must keep Madeline near me. Nothing but evil would come of such an act. I can trust no one but you. Not even the physician himself. He hates us because he can't discover what it is that kills us. Even he might steal the body of my beloved sister. And he might learn our secret. You understand, don't you, my friend? Yes, Roderick. Yes. I understand. And so it came about, near midnight. We two alone made our way to an upper chamber of the house. And taking up the black coffin between us, in the shuddering light of candles, we walked the tortuous passageways, slowly descended the curving stairs of stone, passed beneath the moldy level of the earth forced open a massive and age-rusted door of iron and stood at last with our ghastly burden in a subterranean dank and musty crypt underneath the house of Usher. Over here, my friend, on these trestles. Now, a trifle higher with the head. There. Oh, may you sleep in peace and dream, sweet sister. From I who tread the same path soft behind you. Come, Roderick. The thing is done. Oh, wait. Stay a moment. We've not yet affixed the coffin lid. See? I've left it loose so it can be turned back. No, I beg you. A last farewell. No more. Look. Is she not beautiful? Yes. She was very beautiful. Was? Yes, of course. The look of her confused me. But do you not see it too? The warm glow of the cheeks, the eyes shut softly, those lips half parted. Does it not seem that she may rise up and speak to us at any moment? This gruesome place inspires those morbid fancies. Morbid fancies? But now dead she seems to live, and living seems already dead. Man, you seek out madness. You court it with your very thoughts. And if I do, what matters? What value can there be in reason without the hope of life? Dead, you say to me, she is dead. But what certainty? Why not with equal reason say instead she lives? And that I... 
I, the last of Asha, am the one who is already dead. I prevailed upon my friend at last to leave that mournful place. And so with grim finality we secured the ebon lid, took up our flickering candles and departed from the crypt, leaving it alone with its darkness and death. The ponderous portal closed behind us, and then my soul for one brief instant felt the dread and awful meaning of eternity. There followed then a week of such dreary gloom and melancholy that my own spirit quavered at the menace of the nameless thing and shadowed in that house. By perceptible degrees, the living soul of Roderick Usher flickered lower. More ghastly grew his pallor, more tremulous the extremity of his terror. day following the death of Lady Madeline fell upon the last day of grim and gray October and brought with it as the curtains of night descended the fitful breath of a rising tempest, uneasy gusts of sodden rain and the sound of sullen thunderous rumbles born of the dim flares of sheet lightning somewhere behind the lowering pall. I retired at a late hour but found sleep impossible. At length, overpowered by some strange presentiment of evil, I found my reposeful inaction no longer endurable. And so I arose, threw on my clothes in haste, and fell to pacing the floor of my darkened chamber. Then in one instant, a soft sound in the blackness froze my steps in paralysis of terror. The latch of my chamber door was being lifted from without. Oh, is it? Who is it, I say? It is I, Roderick. Oh. Oh, Roderick. What are you doing up and about at this hour, in pitch blackness? Wait, let me light the candles. No, I am quite used to darkness. I heard your footsteps and knew that you must be awake, even as I was. But can it be that you've not seen it? I don't understand you. I've seen nothing. Then stay. You shall see it, even as I've seen it for these past two hours. Wait, wait. I'll throw open the casement window. It was indeed a tempestuous yet sternly beautiful night, and one wildly singular in its terror and in its beauty. The exceeding density of the clouds which hung so low as to press upon the turrets of the house did not prevent our perceiving the velocity with which they flew careening from all points against one another. We had no glimpse of the moon or stars, but terrible to behold, the undersurfaces of the huge cloud masses as well as all terrestrial objects immediately around us were glowing in the unnatural light of a faintly luminous and clearly visible phosphorescence which hung like a shroud about the mansion itself. You see, my friend, tonight the thing grows bolder, gathers strength from the storm and from the dead soul it's eaten. No, no, Roderick, you must not look at this. Here, I shall close this window and pull these curtains. And now, candlelight. 
Such darkness is the very mother of evil fear. There. Now come, sit here. Suppose I read aloud from some book or another. As you wish. I presume it matters little which. Oh, here. There's a volume of The Mad Tryst by Canning. Will it serve? As you said, it matters little. I've always found the scene to be quite entertaining, where Nethelred dreams of fighting a dragon. Now, let's see. Oh, yes. Here it is. And so Ethelred waited no longer to hold parley with the hermit who mocked him from inside the hut. But feeling the rain upon his back and fearing the rising of the tempest, uplifted his axe and quickly made a hole in the plankings of the door for his gauntleted hand. And now pulling sturdily, he so cracked and ripped all asunder that the noise of the dry and hollow sounding wood alarmed and reverberated throughout the forest. Why do you stop? Why, uh, <clears throat> that's, that's strange. I, I fancied I just heard the very sound I read about. Let us say it was caused by the storm, pray continue. Oh, yes, the storm. Of course. <clears throat> but, but Ethelred, upon entering the door, was, was amazed to perceive no sign of the evil hermit, but instead a dragon of prodigious and scaly demeanor, which sat on guard before a shield of shining brass. And Ethelred uplifted his axe and struck the head of the dragon, which fell before him with a shriek so horrid and harsh, like whereof was never before. What? What sound is that? Sound? The shriek of a dragon, my friend, read on. I, uh, I... Very well. And now the champion, bethinking himself of the shield of brass, approached across the silver floor to where the shield hung upon the wall. But the shield, not waiting for his coming, loosed and fell upon the silver floor with a mighty great... Roderick, I tell you something moves within this house. That sound, it reverberated through the very walls. Can you tell me now you did not hear it? Hear it now? Oh, yes, I hear it and have heard it long moments, hours, many days have I heard it. Yet I dared not speak. But why? Do you not know we put her living in the tomb? I tell you now, I heard her first feeble movements in the coffin many, many days ago, and I, I felt then it mattered little. But now she comes to upbraid me for my haste. And that last dread sound, yes, I heard it, the opening of a metal door to the crypt beneath the house. Now, she comes here. Have I not heard her footsteps on the stair? Do I not distinguish the heavy and horrible beating of her heart? Madman that I am, I tell you that she now stands without that door. But even now she opens it. There in the flickering light of candles, in the gloom and curtain doorway stood the shrouded body of Lady Madeline. For one shuddering instant she swayed there. Then as Roderick uttered a single piteous cry, she fell upon him in violent and now final death agonies. 
and bore him to the floor, a corpse. From that chamber and from that mansion, I fled aghast out the massive portal over the causeway into the night. Suddenly there shot along the path a wild light, and I looked back in heightened terror, for the vast house and its shadows were alone behind me. The baleful gleam came from the setting full and blood-red moon, which now shone vividly through a widening crack in the walls of the house itself, and even as I gazed, its fissure opened rapidly. There came a fierce breath of the tempest, the entire lunar orb burst at once upon my sight. My brain reeled as I saw the mighty walls rushing asunder. There came a long, tumultuous, shouting sound like the voice of thousand waters. And... And the dark, deep tarn at my feet closed sullenly and silently forever over the pitiful ruins of the ancient house of Usher. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson, and tonight brought you The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe, adapted for radio by Les Crutchfield, with Paul Fries as the narrator, Ramsey Hill as Roderick Usher, and Sheridan Hall as the physician. The special musical score was conceived and conducted by Cy Fuhrer. Next week... You are the victim of a poorer man pursued from the west coast of Africa to the west end of London by a dead man's head which grins at you upside down. Next week, Escape with H.G. Wells' gripping story Pollock and the Poorer Man. Good night, then, until this same time next week when CBS again offers you Escape. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Look who's back. Oh, shit. We were talking about... Fall uh, the House of Usher and We were Poe. talking about Edgar Allan Poe. And Happy then we Halloween. both... We both have the collected works. The, yeah. All the collected works. I think I, ha- I think it's like this big, thick yeah. paperback. It's like the size of is like it, two fucking gray, Big Macs. Does it have a gray cover? <laughs> yeah. Gr- yeah, yeah. Library of America. I have that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling G-Money over here... Dude, I, I've jokes. never read a single thing from the book. Yeah, me neither. Not it looks shit. good. It looks good to have. <laughs> yeah. Just in case you want to impress some people. Hey, you've read Edgar Allan Poe? You have all of his works? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, Poe yeah. is Poe, you know. Yeah, right? And it's like, it's something about that, like, mid-century, like, English, like, Northeast writing that, like, I know I should get into it. Like, I've read... 
Telltale Heart. I read The Raven, but I read that shit before I had the book. And yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. one of these days, like, because then you you get the book. Yeah, it's like classic American it, literature. But so then it's you get like, the book, and then suddenly, like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> I started. Well, I mean, I've read Annabelle Lee. Right, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. another one. But um, yeah, I this figured guy, out this Halloween. I have to say, Edgar Allan Poe. Only other guy I know who can rock that mustache. Oh, for sure. For sure. No one else. Can you? But okay, I think Hitler had a smaller one. It's really close, though. It's really close. I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, but besides Hitler and Poe, can you think of another person who can, who can rock that short mustache? Didn't John Wilkes Booth have a small mustache like that? We're talking about... Okay, he was a handsome man. Well, I thought he had a, I thought he had a whole thing going, like a beard and everything. I can't remember. We can look. He him was up. like the whole southerner thing. You yeah, know, yeah. I think doing. a lot of southerners went for that bullshit. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, and uh, I almost said Lee Harvey Oswald, the other assassin guy. John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Speaking of, you know, JFK files. Oh released. yeah. So, oh, dude, he has the he has. Told the, you he had like a little, no, but Booth a had a longer run. one. He had the like the he had the like the the thing. He had the hair hanging out, hanging down the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know that's just it's a the, little longer, but I just remember him having a kind of a funky mustache. This is interesting. Well, on a digression. John Wilkes Booth. There are always mixed reviews. I've heard, I've read stuff that he was a mixed really reviews. good actor. He was a <laughs> as oh. an actor, as an actor. I hear he's really good as an actor. I've heard mixed reviews. I heard he was really good. I've heard stories that he was terrible. Well, I bet. I wonder when those he was terrible ones were written. You I know, know, if they were written. But apparently, after he, he was, was he was decent. He was decent in his time. Well, his brother was a really was the real famous actor, and like. Uh, I think his dad's a famous actor too. I want to say, Junius or some shit. He so was like, he was like the real deal. So as a member of, so this is Junius Brutus Booth Jr., uh, the brother of John Wilkes. There you go. As a member of the illustrious Booth family. Yeah. Junius Jr. Was like over, the Barrymores. Was overshadowed by his father Junius Senior and brothers Edwin and John Wilkes. Edwin too, for sure. Edwin Booth. Yeah, but they're like the yeah, Barrymores of the South or some shit back in the day. Or um, Sarah... His achievements are often overshadowed by his relation with his brother. Yeah, that would kind of... A little bit. Yeah, yeah. You would think, like, uh, yeah, if you're known for like being like really, really good, and then you're like, you know, you're like, your sure, brother's the Unabomber. I'm sure John Ruby... <laughs> oh, no, Paul, Paul Weinstein. Paul Weinstein. Paul Weinstein's achievements are often overshadowed by his relationship yeah, with his exactly. brother, there Harvey. You go. There you go. I bet, <laughs> I bet Phil Cosby's as in a fucking... <laughs> bet Barry Allen. Oh, by the way, Donald fucking... Trump has a sister? Yeah. Who is a federal judge. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Her achievements are often overshadowed by by, by, by her relation. And well, that was before he was president. Well, the thing is, the interesting thing about that is... Um, no, 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 no. That's There's a, a lot of interesting uh, things about Relatives. That. See the family of Trump. <laughs> Ugh. That just sounds gross. Relatives. Marianne Trump-Berry. Um... Is an, is an attorney, an inactive senior circuit judge of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. Yeah. So, I'm assuming she's inactive, because she took office in 2011. Usually, you serve more than six years. Yeah. Um, uh, but before, the, yeah. 
You think it's like a conflict of interest because he's the president now? She can't be on the Well, technically, judge. you could say that, yes. But I don't think that... I, um, well, I mean, here's the thing. What she said, I mean, she's basically said that she uh, doesn't do anything. Like, anything that her brother does is completely, like... Um, Different? Opposite? Oh, oh, during the 2016 presidential campaign, media reports speculated about Barry's potential appointment as a Supreme Court justice. Donald Trump responded that Barry was not interested in the role. Get off me, bro. Yeah. Get off me. Okay. And that in any case, nominating his sister would be a conflict of interest. I'm sh- fucking sure. That's like the definition no, but you know what? Of hey, appointing my sister as a Supreme Court justice not a conflict of interest. Yes, but it is. appointing my my daughter and my son and my son-in-law and like all the other people generation below me not a conflict of interest. No, no, that is too. But it's not nearly as egregious as a lifetime appointment to the highest sure. court in the land. I, I'm sure she was like. Damn it, like, this was my chance to become the Supreme Court, and you ruined it for me, bro. You ruined it for me by becoming president. Aw, I feel so bad for the Trump family. No, I'm just just kidding. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. It looks like she, she, it looks like she could probably smack up her brother. Oh, for sure. I've seen her. Yeah, I've I've known about her for a while. I knew about She's the older sister. Okay, yeah, no, 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 no doubt. No doubt. She's the older sister of Donald Trump. She don't get up with none of his horseshit. She'd be like... Donnie. Uh-huh. Like, and that's here's, a, that lady right there, that's the reason why Donald Trump hates women. And here's the thing. Oh. And you know what? God bless her. God yeah. bless Marianne She's just Trump. trying. She's trying to raise that fucking spoiled shit. Because here's the thing. Like, you got to think... I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think, though. I mean, like, you got to... I mean, how far away from... Because like, you don't know... I mean... You never see her in the news, hear her in the news, nothing. She's basically like your prototypical attorney, like, I'm just here, and I'm just here, like, I'm not here. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. And it's interesting, oh, she took inactive, inactive senior status the first week of February 2017. When he was, that's his inauguration well, okay, week so, or whatever. Yeah, it's a clear conflict. Formal, been, well, you know what that means. She gets paid, like, paid leave. Yeah. That's fucked up. We, you were paying her fucking. Our ta- it's your tax dollars at work, folks. I was actually, uh, I was actually interested in what uh, opinions she's written, but the, but the idea is it doesn't really matter because as long as Trump is president, she's not going to be doing yeah. any cases anytime soon. Well, yeah, you know she's got a she got a solid four to eight year vacation, paid vacation. That's kind of fucking. It's nice. all good. I, I mean, well, she she currently what what a circuit court is not a supreme court, so she does not have a lifetime appointment. But it's basically a federal job, yeah, and it's very very secure. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually when they appoint you to a federal like to a federal judgeship, it's kind of like a big deal. Well, yeah, because it's like one step down from the big dogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, third circuit's a not not one of the bigger third circuit. One of the big. I mean, it's it's a popular. It, Which third, one is that one? Is third circuit handles shit? Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. The yeah, the big area. ones, the bigger ones. Um, oh, it also has appellate dis- jurisdiction over the Virgin oh, Islands. Oh, the San Francisco. It also nine. has Virgin oh. Islands biatch. Isn't yeah, wow? Yeah, boy, they could really use her fucking help. Uh, what's the one? Um, isn't the ninth of San Francisco, right? Isn't like the seventh fucking uh, like Chicago or something? So the ninth circuit is a funky, funky thing, and I'm actually kind of 
interested why we even got to this point about appellate stuff. Because is, you started talking about Okay, well, yeah, it's fine. It's fun. It's fun for me because I'm a I'm an attorney and yeah. I like this stuff. All right, so, so wait, wait, give me the give me the breakdown. So this is so are. the federal so every state has their own thing going, right? Yeah, every state sure. has we are a confederacy. Yeah. We are a United States. Yeah. So we're not one well, we're one but we're also United States. Out of many one. Out of many one. So uh, that's the whole thing with the um, Tenth Amendment where, you know, anything that the basically supposedly says and depends on how you interpret it. Okay. Because a big thing with politics. Tenth Amendment basically says anything the Constitution does not say that the federal government has, we, rele- we leave that up to the states. Gotcha. That's okay. So Amendment. that's always a big deal because, hey, that shit about contraception... Yeah. That that's not in the Constitution, oh, so we leave it up to the states to decide that stuff. And that's when we get into some weird states' rights shit. But <laughs> sodomy, that was not in the oh, Constitution, yeah. Yeah. so we leave it up to the states to I decide. Why they didn't get into that shit? So okay, so here's the thing. I, okay, my bad is that I'm thinking two very charged topics, right? Okay. But so for example, but states also also mean cities and local stuff. So okay, you know where do we put our uh, commercial? Like oh, where do district, we zone? How do we zone? zone? Stuff. Zoning, okay. that's a state thing. For Federal, sure. For, unless, None of their business, really. Unless it has something to do with voting. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Then you get into federal law because that's uh, a national the issue. Right, well, also well, the, the right to vote. The is, right to vote yeah. is uh, a in the federal thing. It's so, in the yes. So, that's not reserved for the states to deal with. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So, what happens is there are also so federal law, state law. Okay. Now, now where the give, give them the breakdown of what the geography is inf, is is iffy because the geography, basically the quarter. So every state has a district court or multiple district courts based on how large they are. So Delaware has one district court. That's the small one. Is that the first? We're gonna go one, two, three, four, like down. No, 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 no. I'm I'm basically breaking it down already. So like California has a northern district, southern district, eastern district, and western district. Okay. I think no, no, no. Only a southern. No, no, no. North, south, and east. It's the north, south, and east. We are in the northern district. Oh, basically, that makes sense. There's no fucking Like western. the cutoff is, uh, say, California in itself has three districts. Those district courts then report up to the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit then reports up to the, to the Supreme Court. Gotcha. But okay. each district court, so like the northern district is like, cutoff is like Monterey. And oh. anything from Monterey upwards. Eastern is like anything from past Contra Costa. Okay, wow. And then all the way down, like, San Bernardino. Wow. And then Southern is, like, L.A. and San Diego. Gotcha. So, I mean, you can, basically, it's based on the volume of cases. Basically. You're going to expect to see a lot more cases LA. in L.A. and San Diego. Yeah. But you combine a whole bunch of all those counties in the east. I'm really surprised by that yeah. west. It's basically right no, it was the west. hill over I'm there. I'm sorry. There's a western district of New York. Or I mean, I mean, I mean the oh. eastern one. Yeah. I'm surprised so, it's basically uh, right over the hill over there. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and another, another key, another uh, interesting fact, you'll see a lot of federal cases start in the southern district of New York because okay. that is where New York City is. Oh, there you go. Okay. So anytime you're going to be like New York City and federal stuff, mm-hmm. SDN, the Southern District of New York. And that's a very popular, I mean, not a very yeah. popular one, but that's like, you know, it's you'll see duty. it a lot in the new, national news when yeah. things are filed in the Southern District. Yeah. Like Elliot Spitzer, you know, uh, his stuff. Well, there you go. Well, okay. was his stuff federal? Elliot Spitzer? Well, well state shit. I state think all stuff. Was state okay, shit. anyway. But like, you know, like John Gotti, like, yeah. Yeah, any of the any mafia, New York mafia, cases. Southern yeah. District. Cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, the Southern District what happened is, <clears throat> and you'll see this kind of interesting thing with the 11th. You'll see the 11th is actually, it used to be the 
one through they used to be numerical based on like chronology and geography. So you have the older colonies one, two, three, four. Okay, so like and you went to Delaware like, is like the first circuit court. Yeah, but no, like New England has like the Not first the first the first court of appeals is like Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire. Okay. The second one, the second is New York, and Connecticut, Vermont. The second circuit is always a bigger one. Yeah, uh, sounds like it. That motherfucker. Uh, the D.C. Washington D.C. has its own circuit. Huh. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. They handle, I mean, it's also kind of like, that's when you say that's like the stepping stone yeah. to SCOTUS. Gotcha. That's the DC Circuit or the Second Circuit. Usually from, a lot of times it's from those. The Northeast. Or the Seventh Circuit. The Seventh Circuit, because it has Is Illinois. Chicago? It's Chicago. Gotcha. So Seventh Circuit. Um, uh, you see, if you okay, well, so we one, two, you guys, the, like the, 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 the the listeners don't see it, but we're seeing. If you just like just Google it or like Wikipedia it, hey, Google and you'll see the Eleventh Circuit is Atlanta, Georgia, and Florida. What happened was it used to be all that used to be the Fifth Circuit with all the South, all the Southern states were all the Fifth Circuit. Okay, but they just split it up after a while because you you need to split it up after yeah. a while. It's like realignment. Yeah. So Eighth Circuit is all those Midwest states. Tenth Circuit is like you know Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Kansas, those desert states. So and the Ninth Circuit is funny because the Ninth Circuit is the largest circuit. It's fucking. It huge. has California, Alaska, Washington, Washington, Nevada, Oregon. Arizona, Idaho, uh, Montana. Yeah, Montana. Jesus. Yeah. Christ. It, it has the largest. It has the, the, the it has the most judges, you the most think? circuit judges, because they're always having to, you know. Um, by the way, San Francisco has its own seat. The main seat of the Ninth Circuit yeah, that, is in San is Francisco. A, that's for all of it's, that we're, shit. We're badass. It's, it's that. It is. We're cool. badass. I've been there a bunch of. But it's I'm funny. Not in, uh, it's I'm funny because there. like I'm I'm always thinking why don't they split up the Ninth? I, you fucking. When think. I went to law school, I'm like, dude, that's a huge freaking. Thing. And they that's split up the Fifth huge. Circuit. They split up the Fifth Circuit. Why don't they split up the Ninth Circuit? And I. I still don't know. That's crazy. They have to eventually. That's fucking nuts. Just well, look at that map. It's, you know how it's big interesting. Alaska like is? I haven't. I've never. I mean, the the splitting the fifth into the fifth and eleventh was relatively recent, but they really haven't done anything about splitting up the ninth circuit. They're I don't think. They, do I don't it. think they will. They I don't want, think they will. It. I mean, if the shit's working and they got all the judges in place and all that stuff, then fine. By the and way, like the ninth circuit, the ninth circuit, and its lower district courts. Okay. Uh, as you can see, geographically, it's farther from the east and farther from D.C. The Ninth Circuit tends also to be the most uh, independent yeah. of the circuits. Yeah, that's By the way, for. Um, if you're interested, the, the district court the... judge who, uh, who kept the ban, who basically denied the ban for Trump, yeah. District of Hawaii. Yeah. Ninth Circuit. Ninth Circuit, too. Yes. Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. A district court judge has a lot, like, because that's only, why we don't have what? Because, well, here's the thing that one district court judge, because there's only one district of Hawaii, yeah. he speaks for the entire district court of Hawaii when he Damn, does that. Damn, son. So he's basically saying, You want to do this? Bring it up to the Ninth Circuit. And let's see how the Ninth Circuit wants to deal with your <laughs> shit. Oh wow! Because the Ninth Circuit doesn't doesn't take any of any of the president's shit. It doesn't he, he, have to. He it's doesn't half have the to. Fucking country. It's independent, and a lot of times, um, <laughs> like there's a the, the head chief judge I still think is Kaczynski. He's very like he'll just go off the wall with his opinions, and he's very independent. He'd be like. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Man, this shit, like, I, you know what? I don't even know why. He's very much like Scalia, except left left wing. A left wing. He's Scalia. a left wing Scalia. I can do so he's that. like, 
I don't even know why we're even like taking this case up on freak. <laughs> why? What? 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 And I'm supposed to write this opinion? What? what if, <laughs> I'm the chief judge. How did I appoint myself to write this darn opinion? <laughs> That's no. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Is man. it my time? Is it my time to take case? Damn it! I'm on rotation. I'm on rotation. God, <laughs> that dude will never be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> oh, he doesn't have to be. It's like, do I really want? Like, He's okay, had a lot of out of power. all. Okay, the, the 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 circuit courts have a lot of power, the but they are court. not as politically charged in their appointments. Except, except for the second circuit, I would oh, say course, second circuit, second. seventh, and the D.C. circuit. The D.C. DC circuit. circuit is almost always politically charged because most of the time, and of course, um, what was Obama's pick for um, his nom- his supposed nomination for Supreme oh, Court Justice after that. Scalia was Merrick. Okay, yeah. Um, he was from the he, sec- from D.C. The DC. circuit. He was okay. from the D.C. Circuit. He was a chief judge of the D.C. Circuit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he, yeah. What, what's yeah. he like? Is he an asshole? Uh, he's very well balanced. He's very, like, he's, you know, he's very, like, kind of left of the middle. Judge. Fair judge. Merrick Garland. But he's he, he votes Democrat. Okay. That's why. <laughs> so he's tossed out. That's what happened. That dude. He got borked. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He got. He didn't even get borked. He didn't even get. He didn't even get a hearing. He didn't even get a hearing. Bork got a hearing. Yeah. He got. He got like pre-borked. <laughs> he got a bork. He didn't even get a hearing. He that sucks, a, dude. How do you get that? Abortion. No, you get that, man. But here's the thing. At least, at least you get a hearing. If you're, if you're, if you're a Robert Bork, at least you get a hearing. Yeah. This guy, he's he's a chief judge. He didn't even make. He didn't even get a hearing. You don't even get a chance to say anything. Hey. Like, once you hear, like, your name, like, no, nah, get that, get that yeah. shit out of the way. No. Get out of here. Yeah, it's fucked up. What are you going to do? Holy we're shit. We're not even going to, re- like, the Senate was like, we're not even going to repeat the bork shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think We're not so. going to repeat that shit. No, Which is crazy. What the fuck? One second. I'll be right back. He's talking to his friend, and he just said that he's on the radio. How is it I never get any fucking phone calls, but then, you know? Anyway, what's up? Oh, yeah, no, no, it was like, oh, oh, that reminds me. Well, that's kind of similar. You ever watch the movie Swingers? Yeah. John Favreau. There's a point where it's like you know, he's talking to well, so John Favreau and Ron Levinson, they're they're eating like in, in a diner, and they're like, yeah, it's early in the part where it's like, wait, why is she not calling? Why is she not calling? And Ron Levinson's character, it's yeah. a brilliant movie, by the way, brilliant it's, fucking it's movie. It's okay. I love it. I love it. I love it because there's so many so very quotable lines. It's very funny. Yes, it is. Vince Vaughn is like, very charming in it. And they Ron Levinson is like he says, they, it's funny that they don't call until you forget. Until, yeah. you, until you forget about them. And then they call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. this has nothing to do with that. This is, okay. Why are you calling me when... Like, I don't do a lot of shit where I actually have to be on microphone during the day. So, <laughs> the fact that you... And I don't get a lot of phone calls. So... I'm always kind of... Why did they pick the Third Circuit to handle the Virgin Islands? <laughs> which, which, one, which one is Wait, that the Virgin one? Islands is where? It's all the way in the Caribbean, right? Y- yes. Yeah. And Puerto Rico. Okay, What's so the Third Circuit? Pennsylvania, New Jersey. That's fucking weird. And then, and who, which handles? Oh yeah, the first circuit handles Puerto Rico. You know, you what? got you got Maine, you get the Maine, you get the Maine, the New Hampshire, you get the Nor'easters, sh- and Puerto Rico. It should be fucking. Or, or as Donald Trump says, 
Puerto Rico. Oh my. Pu Puerto Rico. I'm gonna say this like I'm the whitest white man ever. Oh man. You know what? Did I say this the other time? It was like the only reason why he hates on Puerto Rico is because he doesn't own property in Puerto Rico. Or he doesn't own any property. If he owned a house in Puerto Rico, he'd be like, be get all get FEMA right there right away. <laughs> Protect my investment. That place, that's a bummer. He doesn't have. I know you've seen some fucking like photographs and video of like it's like a nuclear bomb went off. Yeah, I do. Nothing left. Yeah. Okay. So let's say um, her, the two hurricanes hit hit Texas, right? Yeah. Did he own anything in Texas in that city? Probably. Probably. Maybe. Horseshit hotel. Not really. Somewhere. Did I, he own I, anything in Florida? See, he would only. Oh, he would, Florida. He does. Yeah. I think he did. He had a golf. He's got golf courses and shit in Florida. I don't think those were hit by the hurricane though. Probably that's why not. he. That's why he didn't care. <laughs> Charlottesville. He. He. See, here's the thing: is the the the, the the timing of his response is dependent upon whether or not he actually has a vested interest. Oh yeah, the he had a winery in Charlottesville. He's like he's already like out spoken against both sides. Yeah, because I got a winery. I don't want either of those people talk, like tromping on my grapes. <laughs> I was gonna say. I you, love Charlottesville. Yeah, I have one commercial property in that town yeah weird. that means i love it weird and that weird that's how he shows his affection he buy he'll buy you <laughs> love language everybody <laughs> that's exactly how he shows how he loves you he'll just buy you <laughs> what has he been doing lately who trump yeah Other than he's been picking a, a fight with north shit? korea that's weird because who can he pick a fight with? Why is he picking fights? Period. That's what. Because that's who he is. Yeah, you know, isn't it so weird? We ended up like, okay, think of the worst possible person you would want to have as president. Got it. Oh wait, I don't need to think. Like you would Go think. Google like, it. You want a, you want a president? Okay, think of the worst hey, things you would want a president to do. Okay, you you don't want a president to like piss off other foreign countries. Yeah. You don't want that, right? Okay. Trait. You don't want a president who would basically uh, try to politicize everything? Yes. Anything and everything. Yeah. But here's the thing. Even things that are technically not me, supposed to be political. Yeah. Oh, political. But that's it. Like, but let me tell you. I'll tell you this much. We, we've, like, dodged a bullet, weirdly, because he is a complete ignorant shit, but thank God he's incompetent. If he was competent and as zealot, as weird as he is... Like, I don't think that can to work things. together, though. His whole way of doing things is... is it was better for him to be incompetent than competent. Because we would be looking at fucking all kinds of laws being turned around and shit. He, if he was competent, he'd be able to hold his goddamn... Uh, uh, congressmen and senators together to vote the way they that he wants. It's it's but a, he it's can't a, because I he's think, incompetent, yeah, which is good. Well, if he wasn't, if he was like Lyndon Johnson, we'd be living in a whole fucking different America right now because of the powers we've given to the president over the years. But wasn't Lyndon Johnson? Wasn't he um, a former senator before he? Yeah, was? he knew so he had the do. connections. Yeah. yeah, but what happens is he's what you competent. do is what you do when you publicly denigrate your attorney general, who was your senator, who was your connection. Oh, he and Pence. He and Pence were the two senators who were like, "You're gonna help me get the votes." Yeah, hey. And look. then when you when and when you push out Jeff Sessions, who was actually a much more uh, well-respected senator than than Pence ever was, yeah. then that's why you alienate like Mitch McConnell. Yeah. That's why you get fifty fifties. Yeah. 
when you're supposed to be in control of the Senate, you get 50-50 votes. You have to tie, break the tie. Yeah. You're not supposed to break the tie when you have a majority in the Senate. Do you understand? That, never, that, that doesn't make any sense. I Think have, about that. I have never in my life... You're not supposed to have 51-49 or 51-50s... 50, or not, not penal code 51 But you're not supposed to have immediate tiebreakers with Pence being your lackey when you have a clear majority in the Senate. That means that some of the people don't like your shit straight up. Yeah. Party line or, or otherwise. <laughs> Which is crazy because even if you're like, you'd have to be in order for people to vote against you, regardless of party. I mean, that's ridiculous. And you are the face of your party, and people are voting against you. Yeah, you'd have to be like. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I. You Sound see, like you're at a loss for words. <laughs> that's why I'm happy. That's why I said we dodged the bullet. Because, like I said, if he was more capable, we'd be having fucking problems, right? Or bigger problems. It's already bad enough, you know? Because he doesn't hire people who would actually help drive his particular agenda. No, he is. But anyway... His particular agenda is he doesn't like government. Which is so, like, well, yeah, he's in there to break up government. And it's, it, that, that part, that yeah. part of his plan is working. That's working, dude. Like, dude. The EPA, NASA. <laughs> dude, I, dude, I saw their budget and they, like, EPA was the largest cut and they cut, the next largest cut was the Department of Agriculture. There you go, that makes sense. I'm like, sense. why, why would you be cutting agriculture? I'm surprised it wasn't the what Department the of Education. What the fuck did agriculture do to you? I'm surprised it's not the Department of Education, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> that was one of the largest ones, too. I'm that, there Education. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To take care of our public school system, we hire in a private school lobbyist. Once again, if you if your goal is to break the system, he's doing a perfectly yeah. fine job. To bring in to, to for the Secretary of State, we don't bring in somebody who's known for foreign diplomacy. We no. bring in a, a corporate guy. Yeah, yeah. It's because he who's known for foreign. He like, doesn't takeovers. like government. He believes for. He's one of those people who are complete morons who believe that you know the federal government doesn't do anything for anybody. And therefore, fuck it, right? Is but it, here's the thing. He, he doesn't he believe realizes, that the public fucking public is a thing. He realizes, though, that bureaucracy is a way of life in the in, in government. And he and that's something that I think is slowly driving him mad. Yeah. He, bureaucracy well, is just like he has to... He can't say, like, this has to happen right away. Like, oh, no. you mean that shit? I thought you meant that... No, 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 the whole I thought that you were saying that he Think about, think about like, the whole implementation. His whole thing about, I don't want to... I don't Like, no trans people in the military. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. He he's wanted... Like, all of and executive it, orders and stuff that he's He did an executive out. order, and, mo- and this is what Mattis did. He's like, okay, but we're going to... Uh, before we implement it, we're going to set up a panel... And we're going to go really deep and investigate uh, how effective this can be and how to implement it. So basically what Mattis did was, uh, we're not going to do any of your shit while you're president. We're going to do this very, very long. And because I'm the Secretary of Defense and because I'm a former general of of the Marines, yeah, you don't get to do shit. I get to do shit. It's all me. It's like, what is basically Mattis is like, I'm in charge. That's basically what he's saying. Like, yeah, you don't you don't do anything, Trump. You're not gonna touch my military. That's basically what he's saying. You're not touching that. Yeah. And to, and basically, it was like he's insulting John McCain. Like, you think the military wants to fight for Trump? 
they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. But basically, <laughs> they're saying, but basically saying, oh yeah, John McCain, who was a and POW, you know I think is a, a coward. Do. When he's saying like POWs are cowards. Or he's saying they basically say like John McCain wasn't a good wasn't yeah, it a vet. Doesn't matter. I don't like John no no McCain. no. But basically he's calling out the military. Yeah I know. I don't like. He's calling out either. Mattis, Kelly, McCain, all these people who are military vets. They can all get fucked. I don't like the military. <laughs> but here's the thing. He has. But he has to in order in order for him to get to to have some sway have some part of vote. He's basically breaking up all the various uh, contingent all the various constituents that voted yeah. for him. Well no no he's not. <laughs> as far as I can tell, the people who voted for him are quite happy with the job he's doing. Things look to be going quite fine for them because nothing's really happened. Well, because they just watch Fox News all day. <laughs> there you go. That's the purpose of propaganda. Oh, it's funny thing. Fox News about that is they're talking about what happened to the. Cl- I, I I've completely like gone all like what happened with the Clinton thing. I have no idea what they're talking about. Which one? I don't know. This whole thing with uranium. What is this? Oh, you're talking about uh, Niger. The uh, the kid the the our forces have been like um, you know there's CENTCOM the Central Command. The I, I gotta Central see Command what this whole the, thing uh, about United. like Clinton and uranium. I don't know what this whole thing is. Well, I don't know, but I can tell you the uranium in Niger was when he was sitting there uh, flagging on the motherfucking family while the lady was on her way to the funeral, and then he had a whole big to do. But we're there because of um, not because of uranium really, but partially. Uh, woohoo! Snopes.com, ladies and gentlemen. Snope, the, the, the allegation of Hillary Clinton giving 20% of the United States' uranium to Russia in exchange for Clinton Foundation donations? And as if, look, this to me is like Weinstein shit. It's like if you didn't know the Clinton Foundation was fucking corrupt and you didn't know anything no, about Haiti and you but didn't, I didn't know about even, all that shit but for can the they last even, 20 fucking years, but can I don't they, care that you care now. Can they actually do that? Yes, well, obviously they did. Fact check. False. <laughs> well, then I guess they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Well, who cares? <laughs> I can't believe anybody spends their time even... Well, I can't believe it. How the heck... Well, my thinking is how the heck would um, the foundation have First access... First off, you don't have fucking uranium. You're a goddamn foundation. Yeah, yeah. How the heck do you have access to uranium deposits? You don't. I don't know. They don't. By the way... Wait, Clinton, by the way, did you know Hillary Clinton lost the election? Yeah. So she's not the president. Look. So she's not technically involved. So by the way, did you know this? She's not involved in politics right now? Yeah. So technically, like, all that Fox News is doing with Hillary Clinton is a big, giant red herring. Yeah, I know. But it's people red herring. No, it's red meeting. Big, me- big, big giant fish. Is like no, a they're fat red meeting the thing. Because, look, they, that, that's been their fucking MO since day one. So, like, why would that change? Why why are people offended now I'm not. that they're going to be doing it? Because I'm not. they've been doing it for the last, since before she was ever in anything. And she, they're still doing it now. So, it's nothing new. They're just still playing but the same But she's not the story. president. Who cares? They were doing I it. I know. Why were, did we even care? I why don't. Should, well, why would they even promote that? It's like, why should we even care about this? Because it gets ratings. Damn it. Because it's Damn it, you're right. I know. Because people watch that. Damn it, you're right. I know. (laughs) That's why I don't give them my time or energy. ratings. Damn it. Yeah. You're paying attention to it, and I never even heard of it because I don't care about I don't watch Fox News. Obviously, that's where you said you heard it I just watch people tweeting about what Fox 
shows see? that see? no one else shows. There you go. See? You're like no, tangentially thing, watching No, no, no. Like, because they're like, oh, CNN is even showing the thing with the Miller investigation. Who cares Miller charges. MSN, MSNBC, Miller charges. Fox CNN's News. the other <laughs> worst. Like, I know. These are the ter- worst news sources. I'm they're not even news organizations. I know. I don't even pay. I don't, I don't follow like them. They're like stenographers. But I'm basically, but you got to admit, there's like. No. The politicizing of news media is so. Blatant. That's dangerous. It's so blatant nowadays. No. So what do you mean? It's what do you mean? It, it's it's been that way since it's been that way. When Fox did, was always like that. NBC no, was designed well, yeah. to be like yeah. an anti-Fox. Yeah. So how in the fuck is like? By the way, CNBC has maybe the dumbest fucking slogan. I was but looking at my phone. I think it's just and even the motherfucker more, says. Well, I think it's just even more blatant nowadays. Let me finish my sentence. The end of the motherfucking their slogan is work it. What the fuck? Who's is it? CNBC's. Look on your banner on any fucking ad, CNBC. Work it. Fuck off. All right? And give me some news or just keep it moving, dog. MSNBC? Work it. You better work. Lean forward. Lean forward. MSNBC is lean forward. It's RuPaul. And NBC... NBC's is? God, your taglines, man. You used to have some really good taglines, NBC. I guess. Hey, no, 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 it used Must to be TV. Um, <laughs> they don't have good slogans. None of them do. They're all horse. Must see TV Thursday. That's what I just said. Must see. Yeah, TV. yeah. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. <laughs> well, like I said, work it's new to me. So I didn't. I I was just looking up something on my phone. Why? I why are you? Why do you know CNBC's slogan? Because it's right here on my phone. I was looking up something, and the top of the banner ad says CNBC. Work it. I just thought it was really fucking stupid. Work it. It just makes me think of RuPaul. You better work. Cover girl. Work it, girl. (laughs) Who does well? Harder. Better. Faster. It's 11.05. Let's hit a fucking commercial break. Maybe we won't listen to goddamn Trump anymore after this. All right, we'll be right back. I got a fat bitch sucking on my dick. Every day, homie, it's the same old shit. Don't look stupid, ho. Drop them goddamn draws. Get your ass in the bed and let's fuck like dogs. On the very first night, we fucked. I got the pussy. I got sucks. I couldn't wait. She asked me why. I let the answer shoot straight in her eye. Bitch. Talk about these hoes. They suck you dry They do what you say And don't ask why Who said that hoe ain't old enough If she could bleed Then she could fuck Call me dirty dog But your cops stank Motherfuckers think Pips ain't making bank But the pimp game Just don't stop You gotta be down To reach the top I tell all my homies Play these hoes Don't eat the pussy And pay these hoes Cause some of these hoes Get toe up smoking you find all through Oakland Mini skirts and no panties on When it's time to fuck It don't take too long And it's mandatory for hoes to simp Catch up the hoes and bring them to pimps So take this game and keep it for life Never make a hoe into
to a housewife Just get a good bitch A workaholic like Holly Bitch so bold You take a piss in the alley And make big bank It's like the pussy is dope They keep coming back Until the tricks go broke But if that hoe Jumps off the track Another young bitch Will bring them tricks right back Back Talking about I love you But ain't no love, bitch Now it's a shame I can't be saved by John the Pope I gotta be a pimp for selling dope in this town It's going on And brothers doing that Can't live too long So what's my option? Do it or not Break a whole cellar key Just don't get caught Cause if I do I'm going to jail On a one-way ticket to a prison cell So why commit the crime? Don't ask me Went to school every day And I still can't read I count money like a champ Now ask me Why every day does a task force jack me? The story's been told one million times About a boy growing up into a life of crime I heard it before You heard it too But now homeboy it's just me and you You see people try to call us filthy trash Even though we live better And make more cash than they do I'm not a no good thug Standing on the corner Selling drugs And just remember This ain't my Multiple choice without a college degree. You only got your voice. You gotta talk for yours or get nothing at all. Welcome back. Holy shit. Welcome back to MutinyRadio.fm. Mutiny Radio. So, yeah, I was telling a man here while we were sitting outside having a, a stop and think. <laughs> sure. Chris, sure. I want you to tell me about uh, the, the you going to the show the other day. Okay. But, but before you do, I just wanted to just. Uh, uh, just tell you this one fucking thing I've been working on, all right? Okay. All right, so you remember, um, like, back in the early 80s? I wasn't, I was born in 84, but okay. Okay, well, <laughs> in the early 80s, they had, uh, like, a big 3D craze. I know you remember, there was, like, Jaws 3D, fucking Amityville Horror 3D. Like, all these fucking third movies came out, like, in the, about, about 84. And, um... Like, uh, Friday, yeah, it said Friday the 13th, part 3, 3D, which is a whole lot of fucking words to say in the title. That's as bad as any Harry Potter shit. 
But um, my favorite would have been like if Rocky Three had come out like two years earlier, that motherfucker would have been Rocky Three D, right? <laughs> and my favorite fucking part, like if you've seen Rocky Three with uh, Mr. T in it and shit, there's one part where Mr. T looks at uh, uh, Sly right before they fight for the first time, and he goes I'm like, "Your woman." Yeah, exactly. I'm a fucking girl. I'm basically. a fucking girl. Yeah, no, dude. Can you imagine if it's in 3D. He looks at the crowd, dude. It turns dude. into a horror movie. Like, I'm gonna fuck your girl, ah! dude. Dude, he's running for the exit. Dude, dude, I heard that. I heard that. I heard that very freaking bit. Oh yeah. I heard that in okay. a radio. They were talking about like 3D in the 80s and oh, talking yeah? about all these things in Rocky 3D. No there shit. Were, no shit. Wow. And then line with the freaking Mr. T, like I'm turning, fuck turning, turning the camera. <laughs> Dude, well, Mr. T, Mr. T was nasty, man. He was like shit in I that movie. Know, is. That, that guy would have, dude. Mr. T was no joke. Yeah, he's a big fucker. But so anyway, so yeah. I was not around last week because I, I was hanging out with a friend. Yeah. Um, so her name is Rhea Sunshine. Beautiful. So if you're looking it up on Twitter or Instagram, it's Rhea R E Y A double underscore. Okay. Sunshine. I it, well, that, that's because there was another ray of sunshine already taken. That's uh, wild. Yeah, she's a. She, <laughs> so it's interesting. So, so, so she she's from the South Bay, and she started to do cam camming, cam girl. Yeah. Okay, so that's how we met, basically. Um, and so she's actually like doing this freaking like road trip around the country. Okay. Yeah. So and then she just for like last last weekend she just flew back for like a one night show with Damn. a friend of hers. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I was uh, growing up, I had a friend named Sundance. My first best friend was named Sundance. Nice. A little blonde-haired, nice. uh, just white dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I remember... Uh, uh, white dude. Yeah, I guess. Did you know that dude in, like... Uh, remember like, the Titans. No, but, yes. No, but do you remember that dude? Sunshine from Remember the Titans. I th- when I think of Sunshine, I think of uh, Harlem Nights. Have you ever seen Harlem Nights with uh, Richard Pryor and uh, Eddie Murphy and... Uh, Jesus, and um, Eddie, oh, there, there's 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 there's. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I less. bet I can imagine. Yeah, okay. Um, she. Uh, but have you ever seen uh, Harlem Nights with uh, Red Fox and? Uh, no. Oh, it's so funny. But there's a woman in there named Sunshine, and it's about her pussy being like a ray of sunshine, which where I'm assuming a lot of girls uh, got that name from. No, but well, actually, her. See, I mean, she'll, she'll tease and say that her her actual last name is Sunshine, but it isn't. Her first name really is Rhea. So that's kind of like when she was that. growing up, that's how she got her nickname. Okay. Yeah. But I know, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, Harlem I'm sure Nights. Great fucking movie. That's N I G H T, not K N I G H T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did oh, I yeah. ever tell you, too? I was at this art class, right? Great fucking movie. I don't know if it's a wow. great movie, but it's Eddie a really Murphy good movie. and Richard Pryor. Yeah, and let's Red decide Fox. to get the two two best stand up comedians of their era yeah. together in a movie, and let's see what happens. It's the one I think. I'm pretty sure it's the first movie Eddie Murphy directed too. But anyway, what, I was just gonna dude? Say. What is this? Okay, so apparently it's got a 5.9 IMDb and a 27 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, not a lot of people like. Oh, it. Oh, so it's kind of like it's a cult classic sort of thing. I like it. I saw it in the theater. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. you ever get a chance? It's really funny. But it, the, the one of the problems with the movie is that it's because it's him directing. It for my money kind of looks like a TV movie. More than like a real like a like a fucking hot, like he's not using all of the frame. Yeah, yeah. I'm like what the fuck's going on here? So that could be disconcerting, but um, but it's a funny movie. It's got a lot of funny moments. 
uh, Red Fox is especially funny, and Della Reese is really funny in it. Jasmine Guy's in it, um, but the lady, uh, I think her name is... Got a raspberry, man. I'm sure. Oh, those nominated for an Academy Award. There you go. Wow. I want to see, what are movies that have been both nominated for a raspberry and an Academy? I, want, I bet your avatar's on there. Both? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's so, okay, Doesn't that's, that seem like one that would have a raspberry? Avatar? I bet you that's maybe, one that has maybe. A- By the way, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna keep promoting. So her YouTube is Raya Sunshine TV. Oh. I'm gonna keep promoting this girl <laughs> yeah, for oh. sure. It's all yeah. good. Anyway, so we're on. Wait, Avatar? Wait, what were the ra- what? I don't know what the Raspberry film like nominations. I, I don't even know what the- like Catwoman and shit. The Razzies. The, the Razzies. I I know. Like I remember, I used to have the book that came out, the Golden Turkey Awards book that came out before they were doing Razzies and shit. Like a really good friend of mine gave me a whole lot of oh. really awesome film books. Here we go. Here we go. Three people won both the Razzies and Oscars on the same weekend. All right. Okay. Alan Menken in '93. That would probably be what? for. Um, what, what, what did you just say? Alan Menken. Who the fuck is that? He was that? a composer in 93. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Alan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. you. Oh, was it for probably for A Whole New World? I'm Aladdin? A... Oh, for sure. <laughs> you got both? Yeah, yeah. So who else? Uh, Brian Helgeland in 98. For what movie? It, just, it never says. It never says. What a um, What's oh, his oh, for LA Confidential. Stuff. Wait, really? Oh, for sure. Oh, no, because he won for LA Confidential and he lost for The Postman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's for different movies. That's not That's not fair. That's not, that don't That's, yeah. a, that's just a, the same guy in the year. Yeah, yeah but uh, you wrote I both. I don't like LA Confidential. No, but here's the thing. You wrote both LA that. Confidential and The Postman. I mean, you basically put all of your effort in LA Confidential and you're like, that same year I got this leftover shit I'm just going to put in the post. <laughs> I got this three-year-old story I've been kicking around. Here's this fucking thing. It's like, I got to finish this shit, but I'm working on this really great script. And it's like, it you're working. Fucking so great. basically, he was like, LA Confidential on like 80% of his like creative output and like 5% in the post, man. You know what? That's a shame too, because if that's 80% of his output, he doesn't deserve shit. LA Confidential is a good movie though. Garbage. Oh, how dare you? I saw that in the theater how? and that was shit then too. How, how, how dare <laughs> I don't like neo-noir horseshit, okay? Well, you didn't like... Well, Last one I like in that vein is Chinatown. Hey, man, I, you didn't tell me you didn't like that kind of neo-noir. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I love Raymond Chandler. I don't like when but people you don't try like, to do but how about, Raymond Chandler How about nowadays. Orson Welles stuff, man? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I told you, I like his shit. I don't li- I like, like it basically stuff. up to Chinatown. And after that, all right, what are we doing here? Okay, okay, okay. Sandra Bullock in 2010. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, two actors had performances in the same movie scoring Oscar and Razzies. Neil Diamond, uh, winner of the inaugural Worst Actor Razzie. <laughs> a singer vo- a, a star for the jazz singer. A jazz singer. <laughs> was, was, was nominated for a Golden Globe in the same role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aerosmith song, I Don't Want to Miss a Bad Thing. for sure. Nominated for both an Academy and Razzie. This is a great, this is a great topic. Like, who have won both Razzie and Oscars? Uh, oh, as, as the song, How Do I Live? Ugh. How do I live? Because that was in uh, Con Air. Ugh, that fucking... That's another bad movie. <laughs> I know people go oh, wait, wait, Nick shit Cage? over Cage. Wait, is there, a, is there a single good Nick Cage movie? Yeah. Face Off? You like Face Off? No. Um, I like okay, Moonstruck. Leaving Las Vegas, I don't know, of course. I like Moonstruck. I like uh, Hollywood in Vegas. I like... 
Um, what's that? Vampire's Kiss. That's a weird one. Are we talking about Nick Cage movies? Right? I'm talking. I'm talking. Wicker he's Man. A, he's you like a star Man? of the movie. I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, he's known for like basically bad movies where he's just so over the top. Whereas, like, That's what you, he's can, you, wa- for. you watch the movie just to see his his over the top performance. He was a lot like Johnny Depp in the early days, where like they were really heavy duty like character actors that like took their shit fucking serious, and like their early shit is pretty interesting to watch. And then after a while, it's like. He he just goes full fucking cage in this shit, and it just turns into horror shit. As soon as I saw the box for Conair with that fucking hair that he had, I was like, "This is going to be some hot garbage." <laughs> hot garbage. Man, Stanley Kubrick. Steaming. Stanley Kubrick. Oh yeah, for The Shining. For The right? Shining. Or, no, Eyes Wide Shut. For I The think. Shining. Did he for get The Eyes? Shining was nominated for a Razzie. Yeah, and a, a Saturn lot of people Award. Didn't like that movie when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was different. It. It's different, and I saw a documentary on The Shining, and it's like, yeah, it's a lot you more. You talk about an asshole, <laughs> Kubrick. You mean Kubrick? Yeah, well, that's, that's Stanley Kubrick. Dude, but that's still that's boy, oh boy. <laughs> Wall Him Street. Shelley Duvall. Wall- Shelley Duvall's a good actress. You don't need to like, you know, what yeah. the fuck's going on with this dude? But anyway, no. well, Wall that Street. Dude, what did he do? Eighty-seven. Wall Street. Eighty-seven. Yep. Only film yeah. to win both an Oscar and a Razzie. Yeah. Um, because that is kind of a horseshit movie too. Michael Douglas. Well, he did win the Best Actor for 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 Greed Is Good. Uh, Daryl Hannah was not as well received, and she earned a yeah. Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress. Yeah, yeah, she's not very good in that. I think Daryl <laughs> Hannah. Daryl Hannah's career has been very up. I think she won for a Fish Called Wanda, right? Is she in that? I know she's in Splash. Or she? Yeah. Or or, or wait, 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 wait. I know wait. Jamie Lee Curtis probably won for Fish Called mm-hmm. Wanda. John Cleese not for that. Fish Call no Fish Call I, I keep confusing cause oh no I keep confusing that with like Roxanne and Splash oh there these, you go all these like movies in the 80s she's not a mermaid no no no, no, no. And, and Fish Call Wanda was not yeah Fish Call Wanda is actually a, a well really really well received well. a lot of people like that movie. yeah and Kevin Klein and, it's okay uh no did she win anything fuck no she's not that great of an actress no, she isn't. She's more like a model. She won Best Fight. Wasn't she in um, Kill Bill Volume? Yeah, she was. She was. She was, uh, she was um, not mom. No, or the no. first one. She Volume One. Yeah, she was. Um, L Driver. Yeah. Yeah, whatever her fucking name was. AKA. Um, Horseshit. No, no. AKA California Mountain Snake. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> <laughs> Give a fuck. Oh no no no! But here's the thing. Okay. You give a f- okay. The bride, Beatrix Kiddo, codename Black Mamba. Okay, Black yeah. Ma- Kill Bill came out when in two thousand uh, early two thousand four. All right, now she calls herself Black Mamba. You know of the basketball player, the retired basketball player uh, Kobe Bryant. Yes, I've heard of him. You know of his nickname that he called himself. Isn't himself Black Mamba? Yes, he did. Yeah. When did he start calling himself Black Mamba? Probably after Kill Bill. Like yes, he did. Bag. Yes, he did. And nobody ever decides to like call him out and saying, you started to call yourself named after a female character. That's cool. But actually, if you actually know about the Black Mamba itself... It's a snake, right? It's one of the most dangerous snakes in the world. Yeah. It's actually I've, I've seen a, a documentary on Black Mamba. I have a feeling he was going more for that. But here's the thing: my thinking was, everybody that was that was like, oh, that's a great a idea. Like, like that fucking movie. It's a good movie. Take it or leave it. It's okay. It's pretty. He makes pretty movies. 
I recently saw <laughs> Django Unchained. Django Unchained. I yeah. recently saw it because it's like I have like Xfinity and it's like you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be showing and they would like remove it off their playlist. After. Okay. It's actually I don't know what to think about that movie. I've read the. I have a. Um, have you seen the movie? No, I was gonna tell you what I do have of it though. Yeah. I, I've technically I have because I have the graphic novel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was you know. Yeah. So yeah, I've. Technically, I know what's in the motherfucker. I just is well. I mean, all the dialogue's the same. All the you know what I mean. The shot compositions are basically the same, as far as I can tell from little previews and shit that I've seen in the book itself. It's okay at best. <clears throat> Once again, he's one of those dudes that I don't. I, he is there's a couple of directors like Fellini and like him who do things in their movies that I don't appreciate. Like draw me into your weird fetish and shit. Yeah, like he's on the less egregious side. He has like a foot and a nigger fetish that I don't appreciate him dragging me into. Tarantino. I yeah. don't like him. Yeah, that's like that's where I've. By the way, uh, her Snapchat is I Heart Rea. I H E A R T R E Y A, and so. <laughs> A nice slot right after the nigger fetish. There we go. There we go. There we go. I'm just trying to loosen things up here. I like it. It's funny though. But you start talking. I see you're a black guy, so I'm gonna say N word. That's fair. And by the way, is a hot girl. Like so, just look her up online. But back to the racism. (laughs) Back to the racism. Yeah. That's that's what leaves me kind of like. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of like gruesome, like racist, like deep, like okay, yeah, this this shit would have happened back in the day. Yeah. I'm like, but you feel like you're getting off on it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Tarantino's kind of like, Ear. it's weird. It lets that's a nice way of putting it. It's weird at best. Yeah, I mean, it it's has some nice comic. It has some nice comic moments it's where okay. it's like, you're gonna allow me to dress myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand, but like, no way in hell. No, does that happen ever, ever in the entire ever? And, and that guy, he would have been shot dead. Yes, yeah. Well, when he got out of the store. Well, they're all like, all of his movies share that heightened reality thing. He's he, one of the things I think he's always attempting to do. He seems to have been a big fan of like 1980s action, like Sean Black, Shane, I mean Shane Black, like style screenplays and shit like that. I, I don't know. I, I'm not familiar, but okay. do you have any movies? Like that Predator. You're... Okay. Um, I thought he's a big deal with like, I mean, this was his homage to like the Westerns and he's a big guy with Westerns, isn't he? He's like Shane very... Black, no. No, no, no. Like with Tarantino. He has this like... He, he has a love... Well, any, he, any... he has an obsession with like this whole West... Like any... not necessarily like a Western setting, but like a very kind of like that theme of... Any kind of... Um pseudo film student slash fan of old movies generally has like a a soft spot a lot of people for like the classic john ford westerns Mm -hmm. which bleeds right into um sergio leone certainly but i was also gonna say uh even more uh important is uh I can only think of the actor Toshio Mifumi. Okay, uh, Kurosawa films. Okay, he like was those big, westerns, like the, the, the a, ones that Sergio Leone took up from, because of like you know that, all of those are all leading those. to yeah, those yeah, are yeah. all steps in the same path. And uh, Fellini, kind of, he's, you could tell by any of these big fucking vista shots and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can basically ascribe to John Ford. Yeah, okay. And so, like, he's trying to do his fucking John Ford stuff now mm-hmm. with his last two movies. This one and The Hateful Eight are both fucking westerns. 
and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I like the original oh. Django. That's the movie I've seen a bunch. Oh. That's a great movie. Okay. Franco Nero. So, Django. This is Django, a 1966 film, Italian it's spaghetti a great western. Movie. I've seen it a bunch. Written and directed by Sergio Corbucci. Corbucci. Starring so, Franco Nero. Yep. He, he drags his fucking coffin around with him through the whole movie. The film follows a Union soldier turned drifter and his companion, a mixed race prostitute, who become embroiled in a bitter, destructive feud between a Ku Klux Klan-esque gang of Confederate racists and yeah, a band of Red Mexican hoods. revolutionaries. Yeah, they were in Red Hoods. And he's dragging around this coffin that basically, it's the same device that um, El Mariachi uses later. Inside the mm. coffins, this big motherfucking oh, yeah, machine yeah. gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he like tears his fucking town down basically and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's a it's got a great fucking theme song. I think they use it in Django Unchained, and uh, but I used to watch that all the time way before that other fucking movie came out. I got I was bummed out by the title of that fucking movie because I had known for a lot of years that he was interested in doing Django and I was like fuck you man. In fact, in Django is the is the original ear cutting oh. scene that you will see in Reservoir Dogs. Oh really? No, I've seen Reservoir Dogs. I'm saying he took that from oh, Django. Oh, that's from Django. Okay. So the idea that this fucking guy has the balls to do a movie called Django Unchained, he can go fuck himself. Oh, in 2012, Franco Nero made a cameo in Django Unchained. I'm sure. I saw this scene. Yeah, in the scene, Nero plays the original Django, an Italian Mandingo fighter. Nero's Django then questions Fox's Django about how his name is spelled. Asks him to spell it, referencing a scene from Nero's role in the original film. Yeah. Upon learning their names are spelled the same, Nero's Django says, I know. Yeah. That's why. That's why I was like, what do you mean I know? There's some inside joke shit I'm not oh, getting yeah, yeah, type yeah. shit. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But um, I was just going to say that uh, if you ever get a chance to watch the original Django, it's a really beautiful film. It's got that classic Italian, lush, really pretty fucking filmmaking, you know, on a shoestring budget. And uh, it's a lot of fun. As opposed to like whatever three hour slog this fucking guy's going to make you sit through. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it, I, I guess it was kind of sort of worth it just to watch because it was supposedly a for, I mean, Jing Wan Jing was supposedly a pretty decent movie. As far as I can understand, it won. Got, he said he's got one more movie in him and he's out. And for my money, the sooner the better. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> With a face like that, you gotta be thinking he must have been doing something. Oh my! Please look, don't get me fucking started on that horse. Because there's no way that dude didn't know all that Weinstein shit. Or a, he's not doing you that actually, Weinstein. He's actually got some good comic relief scenes. Yeah, well, he's funny. Relief. That's the thing about Tarantino. He has a decent sense of humor. He's pretty funny on this shit. Why are we wearing these freaking masks? We got bags over our heads. I can't freaking see a damn thing with these bags over our heads. My favorite one to him till to this day, I think, is probably still Jackie Brown. I haven't seen like okay, Darren. Like, obviously, you are more well versed in movies than Why I. Why is he wearing that stupid fucking backwards Kango still? That dude should be thrown out of a moving vehicle. Anyway, <laughs> that's a mighty, mighty Aphrodite. He looks like such a d bag. Anyway, but no, but here's the thing: simply because you, you are wearing a Kangol hat, does wearing a Kangol hat make you an asshole? It makes you think. I guess he thinks he's one of the brothers. <laughs> but Kangol is an Australian thing, man. But black people wear Kangol. Black that's, people wearing Aussie stuff. Yeah, well, that's what he was. Uh, that's LL Cool J is famous for his Kangol hats. That's what he used to wear in the fucking first early videos. Like the hat I wear sometimes, like a fisherman's hat. 
Kango made like cool fishermen's hat back in the day. They were like fuzzy and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, they were. That's how they got like everybody started wearing. Well, that's how the urban fucking crowd picked it up. That's all I'm saying. And I think maybe even before that, I know people like those stupid whatever. I get it's called a Kango hat, but a lot of brothers like in the seventies and shit would wear those motherfucking Mm. hats. I thought the name for Jenga was based off Kango. (laughs) That's probably why he did the motherfucking. Django Kang Kango Django that I would have watched I would have watched Kango Django <laughs> man I'm trying to make a point here <laughs> alright what's your point I'm sorry I heart Raya I-H-E-A-R-T R-E-Y-A Snapchat she's on Snapchat that's why be my favorite part of the whole goddamn show you fucking plugging this chick <laughs> But seriously, no, no, like, okay, I thought Django was actually named part because of the Quincy Jones song. Oh, Jesus. No, he's not that deep. Okay, okay. (laughs) But I think perhaps we should probably, when we close this out, people who have ever listened to Django by Quincy Jones. We'll fucking YouTube it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we're at 1130 now, so we only got like really 20 minutes left. Because it's the same spelling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I guess, Quincy Jones... His song was based off that movie. The movie, probably. No, I'm assuming it's actually probably off of Django Reinhardt, which is where the other guys. Uh... For honor and entire stranger, truly excellent pastry. I should know. I've eaten enough of them. It is not the nature of a gift that is important, but the spirit in which it is offered. Spirit is one of mockery. Mockery, and whom do you mock? Myself. However, my purpose at the moment is not compensation, but rather distribution of these cream tarts. Won't you and your friend dispose of the last of them? Yes. Yes, on one condition. If my friend and I eat your last two cakes, we shall expect you to join us at supper. Supper? It's a horrible thought. I've already eaten two dozen of these pastries. Very well, then we shall omit supper and become better acquainted over a bottle of wine. I'm uncertain whether my repugnance for these two remaining tarts or the attraction of your invitation compels me, but I accept. Excellent. Then let us finish off your pastry and seek a more quiet place. How about Michelle's in Soho? Splendid. Shall we go? Besides the 96 movie and this song. Yeah, but you're not going to be like, but you're not going to be like, think I'm going to be like, well, you know what? Why not? Why not? Why not go into like, basically make everything a Django theme thing? Wait, is this Django? I thought this is like, I thought thought Django was way pop. I thought that's no, that's not it. 
You're looking for a different song off of that album? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm looking for... I mean, the name was... I have it on my Spotify. Let me see what it's called. Anyway, keep talking. I know, but... So he's not that deep. But with the name of the freaking, like... But with a name like Django Unchained, you'd expect a lot more Django to be in the movie. Is that is that what I'm is that what I'm kind of gathering? Yes. Okay, uh, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> I mean, it's Django Unchained, right? Ugh, so stupid. In fact, you know what's really funny now that I think about it? I think what he's doing is there's also a Steve Reeves movie. No, that actually was Jane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's a Steve Reeves movie called Hercules Unchained. So what I'm thinking is he's just, which was like a perennial fucking video store bots. That fucking video was always at the video store. Uh, Hercules Unchained is the sequel to the original Hercules with Steve Reeves. That's like the sequel to Un- Django Unchained. So it's Django Unchained. You know what I'm saying? I have a feeling, like, without looking. I mean, there's a lot. Like, you gotta think somebody who's that well versed in like in the film history has to be like he's thinking of this other stuff going yeah. on all the time. Yeah, he's very well versed. But speaking of the dude, I remain unmoved. <laughs> speaking of the dude, Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, I never got to finish telling you what dude means, like in London, like in Europe. Dude what? means like twit. What does a twit mean? Stupid. Oh. You're like you're a twit. So, uh, but I've never heard people say people call them people. That's why you never hear anybody really. I I hear people calling other people twits. Yeah, but that's why you don't. You won't hear people like twats calling people. Uh, Hey dude. um, Hey dude. Because you'd be like you fucking idiot. (laughs) You gotta think that's probably why they that 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 kind of like brought on the whole American um, stereotype because we call people dudes. Hey dude. Like. Are you just calling each other stupid? Yeah. Well, they were your, they were like Londoners. Well, it's funny. Were, you know, my uh, my my sophomore high school teacher, one of my high school teachers, a sophomore. She was always like, I'm always in the hallway, and I always hear these two guys, like guys, randomly call each other bitch. It was like, yeah, bitch, what's up? I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand why are you calling each other a female dog? Dude, English as a second language has been is- one of the hardest fucking things to deal with, man. The way that we constantly reuse different, like, the same word. And- but dude, I used to hear, I mean, I didn't, I never said it, but back in the day, I used to hear some Asians call each other chica. Oh, like Chinese niggas. Yeah. That's cute. I know, I know, it's cute, it's cute, but I'm like, it doesn't make any sense, but it's cute. But it's like, it's a white people, like some people calling it like a wigger, oh, wiggers, like wigger. I'm like, no, no, it's like, no, not a fan the, of wigger, but chica is cute. Yeah, because the dominant fucking class can't be out there just using all kinds of slang willy nilly like they get to own the shit. Fuck off. No, right? That's yeah. fucking gross. We, we pretty much appropriated taking everything from black people. A lot of it. A lot of it. Blues, we took that from you guys. Jazz, we took that from you guys. The, the best fucking... We took rap and hip-hop from you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, took, you, know what I, you know what I did? Music. We just pretty much took music from you guys. Yeah, That's all it is. Food and shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> food, too. Yeah. A lot of food. Yeah. Stuff. Clothing style. A whole yeah. lot of that. Yeah. 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 That's uh, fine. Can't do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just um, hello, hello. 
I think our great one of our great or greatest fucking contributions as a nation to the world is like has been our music for sure. I thought it was nuclear weapons. <laughs> I said greatest, not scariest. <laughs> oh, okay. Why are we even leaving that up? You can. No, I'm not. I'm not. I was just like I. I don't know Apple shit, man. This shit is like I only Apple stuff. Like, why do you keep going back to this? I don't know. I'm. I'm. I, I don't Red know. X. Red X. Yes. It's it's what you would assume it means. Yeah, but I'm trying. To, I'm opening Safari. That's the first page opens. Oh, I don't know. Blah. Keep talking. Because <laughs> you kept shrinking. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Look, I was gonna. Wow. Why is why why is uh, I'm gonna play one fucking song. Why does the history show. include the noble Quran? Say it again. The no, the Quran, the Quran, the Quran. You know, there's a keep was saying a, it. Cor- <laughs> I like how you say it. Quran. <laughs> that book. George is a cunt. Yeah, I don't care about that shit. I'm gonna play one fucking time before we go, though. FYI. For sure. No, this is interesting because I was thinking about you this. Sure? How how Islam and and Judaism, they're very like uh, anti images, anti images, anti craven images. Gotcha. So like if you all go to a, if you go to a synagogue, not not I mean it depends. Catholic church, Catholic churches are all about imagery, um, but if you go to Protestant churches are are sparse because they don't like images. But if you go to a, a synagogue, uh, no images. If you go to a to a a, a mosque, you'll see all this calligraphy yeah right the calligraphy and my thinking is i know their whole thing about like we're against images but well, if you make is images that's what i'm saying yeah i'm like, like, it's like chinese or where Japanese do you where writing. you cross the line with like no images so no images of muhammad but what if you write muhammad's name and that's you make an calligraphic image. that's an image yeah and so it's almost uh, i know this is a very legalistic argument no where but it's, it's, like it's just horseshit it's yeah. just the same and the same thing with like double you, standard w- bullshit and the same thing with orthodox jews when they're like uh can, 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 can george can you like come over so that you could like you know, drive you around on fucking fl- like fr- turn Sunday. on the lights for me yeah <laughs> wait like wait the- wait how did you pick up the phone you're not supposed to pick up <laughs> the phone <laughs> i like the uh, i'm on speaker i'm on speakerphone i like the wire that goes around like New York City. There's like a wire that keeps like everybody like in temple or some sort of shit. I I, I was watching religiosity or something, and they were like the the, the various Goldberg machines that Orthodox Jews do in order to like not do anything on the Sabbath. That's cool, cool, man. Like, how far do they go to not do something? Look, this is kind if of funny. you got that kind of time to fucking <laughs> devote that much headspace and energy <laughs> to, I to know. following some weird horseshit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fine with me, man. But like, I mean, know, like, I, I, it's a lot of I think brain I, space. I, I think God appreciates the effort. I don't. You know what I don't appreciate so, too is when well you, said, G Money. <laughs> when when CNN, aka not God. <laughs> when yes, exactly. When CNN runs you a motherfucking ad on your phone about an object found in space by NASA, and it might be who knows, but then you can just go straight <gasps> to NASA, and they're like, it's a comet. <gasps> you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck your girl. How? how yeah, I'm still gonna <laughs> do Mr. that joke. The comet, the comet is affectionately named Mr. T. Yeah, there you go. And it, they said it's right on its way out of here. It's like, why? Why would like, that? Oh, oh, now that is Rocky 3D. Which oh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, wow. 
I know, I know. We're closing on a good note here. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Let's play this song then. What is uh, this damn song? YouTube. 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 The noble curve. YouTube.com. There we go. What is it? All right. Um, I. Type in. I think. Uh, I always say the name wrong, so I'm gonna look it up first. Real quick. Well, a lot of Alan Watts going on here. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to KPFA. <laughs> Alan Watts. If you don't listen to Alan Watts, listen to KPFA. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I've read Alan Watts. He's a. Uh, I like his stuff. Okay. Yard bro. Yard bro. Yeah. Y a r d b r o u g h. Mm-hmm. And it should fill in and peoples. Yard bro and peoples. Don't stop the music. Cool fucking song. Seven minutes or yeah, that's the one. Seven minutes. Cool. It's not Happy Halloween yet, man. It is actually technically like Happy, happy Halloween on Wednesday. Happy Halloween's Eve Eve. Oh, I was gonna be talking about like Reformation Sunday. In case you were bored enough, you want to learn about other kinds of history. Okay. Don't you stop it. Well, apparently on Halloween, Easter, started the project. So as a Lutheran, I wasn't celebrating Halloween. Which is one of the issues I have with people. 
Shared everything. Yeah, but they were actually doing it in, in real life instead yeah, of in was, the book type shit. Oh right? no, because communism works in very small communities. It works so, very well in small communities. But you try to make communism in Russia. I think it's fine if you have somebody who actually believes in the actual thing, not some perverted version. So speaking of
tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco do you need 
need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. Howdy, mutineers. It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. 
I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't. I put a spell on you. Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian. You know how I got good? How good? How did you get so great at comedy? I got great at comedy. During happy hour. Yeah. Every Friday from 6 to 8 with new host Trina Roderick. It's where um, people go and sometimes they smell bad and sometimes they don't smell bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. <laughs> Mutiny Radio made me better than you. And that you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll bet never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never be better than Zach. And you also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol, so it's happy-ish. But you're going to do comedy. I'll do comedy. And you're going to enjoy comedy. Just be an audience. Just come. It's free. Yeah, I just drink in my car. <laughs> you could like drink. Like a fucking adult. Exactly. Drink, drink around the corner somewhere else. Not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from 6 to 8 with Trina Roderick. Yeah, do that. Why you so bad? Why you so bad? Why you so bad?